hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage show. Hi, 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 how are y'all doing? I'm, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. Find me everywhere, pretty much, at PX Sausage, of course, of course, of course. And if you'd like links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, Patreon, and all that good jazz, pxsausage.com. But I am not here to just talk about myself. Though, if you would like to support the Patreon, one away from hitting double digits, which would be very nice. And speaking of the Patreon, what you would get with uh, your fancy schmancy specific attack the... Backlog tier, what is it called? All, all you can oatmeal, that tier. You get access to a weekly Q&A if I get enough questions during the week. If not, we postpone it till the next week. But if you were ever a fan of my streams, if you enjoyed those and the chitting and the chatting, the Q&A is, and you can ask the people who do have access to it and participate and listen and all that good jazz that is probably the closest thing you'll ever get to that vibe again because it's grown into half Q&A half me meandering and rambling about various things including what I've been watching I've been making my way through some TV shows because I was wondering to myself Looking at my collection of TV shows on Blu-ray and DVD. Do I want all these? Do I really want all these? I bought some of these so long ago and I've not watched a single episode. I bought them because I remember liking them or I don't know. For instance, I owned Chuck for the longest time. I haven't rewatched any of Chuck in forever. I never even finished Chuck when it was on. I think I stopped watching because I got tired of it. And when I threw on the first few episodes and then a random episode from season three and season four, I realized I don't really like this. I guess it was fine watching it week to week. It was a fine little time waster, but it claims to be for geeks, by geeks. But I think some of the writing, a lot of the writing doesn't come across like that it comes across as thinking it's that when in actuality it's low-hanging fruit it's maybe written by geeks but for what your mom thinks a geek is whereas i'd say something like psych is a show written for and by geeks and for everyone Psych is just wonderful. It's one of my favorite TV shows. And I'm so happy it's finally getting a Blu-ray release. But I ditched that. And also, I watched all but the last episode of the first season of Sliders. Great concept. Love that show when it originally aired. Poorly executed, though. Bad writing. A lot of bad acting really disappointing so that is one that i imported the 
Blu-ray from Germany. And that was actually a case where because sometimes Anchi or I for making our own orders might as well just bundle everything together save on shipping in the case where you can sometimes every single item has its own individual shipping cost and the shipping does not combine for a discount but it's also SD on Blu-ray it's not uh, an HD Blu-ray but I guess I kind of regret picking that up prior to rewatching the show. I just assumed my memories were true and instead they were lies. They were lies. But I've moved on after saying bye bye to that to the adventures I make it the title wrong I believe it's the adventures of Briscoe County Jr which was a western with a bit of a slight fantastical element in this orb I don't remember how wild it gets or doesn't get but it stars Bruce Campbell has some other familiar faces in it and it's so far, I'm 10 episodes in or 9 episodes in, so I'm about a third of the way. I think it's a 26 or 7 episode series, one season, one run. Fantastic show, fantastic show. Great cast of characters, great regulars, great character dynamics. Very, very good. The only thing that's annoying from a character standpoint is not Syracuse. What's his name? Not Plato. They even make fun of Socrates, 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 Sacre Bleu, Socrates. His whole get, he's just, he, his stupidity can sometimes be a little bit annoying where he gets tricked into revealing information and it keeps happening. And there's like this weird hair, there's a hair that's like just, okay, there's, it's gone. Uh, yeah. But I'll go into detail on that stuff more potentially in the Q&A, including Barbie, which I watched, have feelings for, and think more than anything, that's something that really requires a rewatch. But I'm not here to talk about all of that. I'm here to talk about games, including Bang on Balls, Chronicles, Paleo Pines, Wild Mender, Betomis. Betomis, B-E-T-O-M-I-S. How you pronounce that? You tell me. And then last but not least, Diorama Dungeon Crawl, Master of the Living Castle. Except that's not the last one. The last one is, in fact, the first one, which I'm going to talk about very briefly because I've only played a little bit of it. But it is Forza Motorsport. That's it. No number. Because it's the new one on next gen only. And by next gen, I mean current gen talking about the new Forza Motorsport that comes out next week unless you get the fancy schmancy edition then you can play it now and I played through the first introduction cup and it's uh, it's alright the game looks great runs great feels great I like that, and this has probably been in previous Forza games, but I don't remember it. 
or either it always defaulted to not being on the full assist line. But I like that the full assist line is there if you want it. That provides you with when to break, when to let go of the throttle, and when to throttle. I don't remember the line ever having the blue part telling you when to accelerate, which makes it even more accessible for people like my dad or others who are not that accustomed to racing games of this ilk. So I like that. But I'm not sure about the way the game is structured. I don't like the attempt to force practice laps. You can get out of them by initiating the practice because you have to initiate it. You can't just say skip practice from the get-go. You have to start the practice lap, get into it, and then when the practice laps start, pause, go to exit, and say skip practice. That's not super complicated. It's not a whole bunch of steps. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it is enough time wasted that I don't want to have to do that at the beginning of every race. I don't want to do practice laps. Don't try and make me. So just get rid of that whole nonsense. Thank you. I don't like the way the difficulty system works now in that all of the various assists and stuff of that nature are still very granular and uh, and able to be customized to varying degrees and individually but my god this freaking hair my hair is a nightmare but cosmetic damage or, or damage fuel and tires and penalties they just have three options unless i'm missing it somewhere they just have three options of basically casual intermediate and advanced and you can't adjust all of the various options within those individually. You can just pick between the three pre-made difficulty settings. So if I want to play with limited penalties, but full damage, I can't do that. Full damage is only available in the advanced setting where you have full penalties and full fuel entire wear, etc. I don't want to do that. I want to have and and no rewind in the advanced one as well. But I would like it so that I could turn off rewind, but have limited penalties and full damage, maybe not full tires and wear, but I think that's only really dependent on endurance races, which I don't often do. So I don't like that. And then the way the game itself is structured it's very simple I think in some of the reviews I saw it made it sound reminiscent of Forza Motorsport 5 and I can kind of see that where it seems pretty bare bones and I'm assuming a lot of the time and effort since the last release was put into the visual upgrades having to redo all the tracks the new handling system which feels bit weightier is maybe the way I would put it as someone who's not a, a car person but despite all that 
the core gameplay feels better than ever and the visuals are fantastic performance RT all the way because I have my system already set up to 1440p 120 so I ain't getting 4k no matter what game I put in there but it's a a work in progress this is of course Forza Motorsport so it is the the platform for the sim Forza game going forward and they'll keep iterating on it and building upon it and I hope that is the case I hope that this isn't I hope I hope it doesn't turn out to be a flight simulator thing where they eventually a few years later they do Forza Motorsport 2025 edition or some shit like that. I just want Forza Motorsport to be Forza Motorsport and that's it. I don't like that they're doing that with Flight Simulator. That pisses me off because I think I don't know if that's a standalone version or not. But I believe you have to pay for it. I don't know if it's a paid update. I don't think we really know jack shit about the Flight Simulator update, new version, whatever it is. But I just want Forza Motorsport to be Forza Motorsport. I don't want them to eventually say a few years later, hey, we'd like to charge you for another full game. Just make us pay for DLC or whatever. Make us pay for some fancy update. I don't give a shit. Just don't give me another version of the game to start over from or whatever. Create a whole new campaign. Do whatever. Look at the car update or leveling system and how you get upgrades. That's a bit... Uh, we'll see. I, I barely touched the game, though. Like I said, I only did the first... The first introduction up. And that's it. I do hope... They bring in some of the stuff from... Seven. I didn't notice... It, I, it's surely in there, but I didn't... Really explore the menus all that much. I didn't see car customization, but that has to be in there. It'd be ridiculous. But the one thing I really hope they do add a lot of, and I missed from Forza Motorsport 7, is all of the various Drivatar outfits. And I, I missed that unlock system. I missed that leveling system where you'd get your little things and you get to open them. And you're like, ooh. What did I get? And there are a lot of various cool themed outfits, spacesuits. Why is there no Starfield tracksuit in here? And a bunch of themed things after various other Microsoft games. Give me some of that. But Solid Foundation, I'm sure they'll build upon it. And that's all I was really expecting. I just want something that I could jump in, do a race, and pop out. It doesn't require a lot of my time or a lot of my brain. And that's what I've gotten. So I'm I'm overall happy, but you know. <laughs> Anywho, let's get on to the rest of what I've been playing. Starting with the Bang On Balls Chronicles. This is a 3D platformer where you play as a ball, surprise, surprise, 
And it's fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Or I absolutely love it. The funny thing is, I played a good chunk of it, the majority of it, over a week ago. And was ready and primed to talk about last week's episode. And then I double-checked the email and saw the embargo did not lift until today. And I was like, ah, shit. Well, guess I have to wait on that. But it is a fantastic, fantastic, collect-a-thon-centric 3D platformer. Where you play as a ball, I don't remember the context of the story and the setup. But you are basically in this type of movie studio and you travel to, I believe it's four worlds that are themed around historic times. So you have a Viking era... Uh, feudal Japan era area <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not accidentally mispronouncing area I'm just wording it very weirdly by saying era and it also being the area level whatever you want to call it and then there's a space one I believe and Maybe you know, the first one I'm in is in uh, no, the first one is Viking, but it has medieval things to it as well. And you're just going around with your little ball. You got a double jump, a dash, and the ability to roll around, which is your kind of sprint. And you explore these various worlds. Collecting these orbs that allow you to unlock new outfits, new things to customize your ball or new areas to unlock. And that's pretty much it. It has a lot of destructibility in the environment, which is very nice to look at and very fun to do. It can make the on-screen action very very hectic and sometimes overwhelming the game does have two-player local co-op and four-player online co-op which i have not tried either but i imagine even though it it would increase the density four times or the environments and what's in them four times i would imagine even so that playing online co-op with three other people it's raining outside i didn't even know it's supposed to be raining i was like what is that rain outside? And it is. But I imagine playing with three other people would be maybe a little bit too hectic because that would be three other people who could be smashing in other enemies and so on and so forth, and it could just become a giant mess. Because even playing it solo, there are times where I would do a few little actions. I would unlock an area or I would initiate something in a section, I'd go up this tower, and then I would turn on this freezer fan system that would initiate some ice to show up in this area, and then these snowman balls would show up, and they would be freezing me, or I'd be destroying them, and it would just get really, really crazy, and it was cool and fun, but also a bit super crazy because it's a very very dense game there's so much density in all of these worlds from your hub studio world to the 
themed worlds. There's a lot in them and it looks great. It runs super well and the platforming feels really, really good. It is just a super satisfying collectathon 3D platformer with a charming aesthetic, a charming vibe, good sound effects to go along with the various balls. If you love balls, you're going to love balls on Bang on Balls Chronicles. Yeah, just I, I really, really like it. I really, really like it. The only disappointing thing is you can't seemingly start over from scratch because when I realized I played the game too early, I wanted to start over to get a refresher on how everything starts off. And I don't think there's any way to do it. But I really, really like it. And highly recommend to anyone who enjoys themselves a good old collectathon specifically 3D platformer. You're not going to be doing any kind of intensive platforming, challenging platforming. That's not the goal of the game. The goal of the game is here is a world or here are a handful of worlds that are full of so much to see, so much to discover, so much to do. There are parts of them that do require cooperative play. So there will be things that you can only unlock if you and a friend are each resting on a specific platform on a button that'll open up an area or just a little area, a little section that'll give you a prize. So there are things like that, which hopefully are, are, are in no way required or there's a, maybe a get uh, a get around if you're playing solo. But it is very discovery-centric, collect-a-thon-centric. Just go into these worlds, discover every single inch of them. So many surprises to find, so many fun little Easter eggs to find, a lot of colorful characters. And if that is something you find appealing, I highly, highly recommend it. But again, you're not going to get any kind of challenging platform uh, platforming or anything. It's it's all these little worlds that are super fun to explore, but in no way provide any real challenge. Even when you're fighting against these big balls, <laughs> these big creatures, getting into boss fights, it's, it's still a pretty relatively easy game. So keep that in mind. But I highly, highly recommend it. I really had a, a good time with it. And Paleo Pines is a cozy game where you play a young girl who inherits her grandmother's, grandparents' farm, I believe, a relative's farm. And you have a little dino buddy who you can ride around on and explore the world. You can pet them, you could feed them. There are dinosaurs in the world who you can tame and show love to, bring back to your farm after you've cleaned it up and given them somewhere to call home. A lot of colorful characters in this game as well. And the goal of the game really is just fix up your farm, explore the world, talk to the locals, hang out with the locals, do a bunch of 
little tasks for them and play at your own speed. It's very cute, very pleasant to look at. It's got a nice pastel color palette. And it's a nice cozy little thing. The issue I have with it is if you want to get any actual work done, if you don't want to just explore the world, you are going to go through your stamina in seconds because especially early on you so your your initial dinosaur buddy you you'll get more as you progress in the game and learn first how to attract dinosaurs using your flute which you use to both command your dinosaurs but also tame or build that initial relationship with dinosaurs that you meet in the wild by playing certain notes that correlate to the sounds they make. But when you are riding your dinosaur, because your dinosaur is required to clean up certain things like debris, you can't do it yourself, even if you have tools, you need them to do it. They'll deplete their stamina after, especially first on uh, initially before they've leveled up at all after maybe clearing three piles of debris and of course as they level up they gain more stamina but even then after I leveled up my dinosaur almost 10 levels they still I can maybe get two minutes of work out of them and then it's just alright I guess I can just explore the rest of the day or go to sleep to get a full night's rest you can feed them certain things that'll give them a bit of stamina but it's it's never enough to really be worth doing anything it, it'd be nice if the stamina replenished over time or it didn't deplete so much for every little tiny task because it does make the game feel it, it almost makes the game feel like it's against you or, or, or against you making progress on your farm. Making progress in, in actual work. Go ahead and explore the world, but then sprinting uses up your stamina as well, so you can't move at any speed faster than default speed, which is not that slow or anything, especially if you're riding your dinosaur. But it's still frustrating to see the stamina deplete so fast but at least again as you level up your dinosaur they'll get more and more stamina to work with however you your character you don't level up if you do the game has not shown it to be that way at all so your stamina does not ever increase that's a bit of a problem so if you're just exploring the world on your own, not with your dinosaur, sprint too much, you're just you're done. You're done for the day. No more stamina to do anything. So I don't like the stamina system. And speaking of your dinosaur, they sometimes just go off and do their own thing, and then 
there's no way to call them to you. There's no call dinosaur buddy like there is in a Western, for instance, Red Dead, where you can call your mount or any game that has a mount type of thing. So you just have to kind of wait and hope they show up because sometimes they go off real far to the point of having no eyesight of them. And that kind of sucks because you, while your flute can command them, it can only command them if they're within range and the range is maybe five to 10 feet away from you. You can tell them to follow you from there and then they'll continue that command for a while. But there is no play this specific notes, this specific combination of notes to call them to you from wherever they are in the world if they go and run off on their own. Because sometimes they'll just run off and I don't know what the hell they're doing. Maybe they found some food, they smelled some food, they're, they're hungry. I have no idea because they're nowhere to be found. Which can be a little bit of frustrating. And then the quest you do off of the town message board. Unless they at a later point become more advanced or more interesting. They're all very basic ass, menial tasks, tedious tasks, repetitive tasks, and sometimes incredibly lazy, why don't you just do this yourself tasks, like townsfolk borrowing items or wanting to give items to other townsfolk and having you do it for them. So you might have a, a task that has you picking up an item from one of the shop owners so that you can take it to the shop owner across from them, literally 10 feet away. And then they're like, yeah, okay, thank you. And then you go back to the shop owner who gave you the item in the first place and you complete the task. Why didn't they just do them, do that fucking thing themselves? And there are a lot of those, a lot of them. I'm hearing a little bit of thunder and I'm getting concerned. I'm like, huh? what if this, this gets cut off? What if the power goes out in the middle of this recording? That's never happened. Knock on wood. Don't, don't do that to me. But that's a bit frustrating as well. All that said though, it's, it's a fine, cute little cozy game, chill experience. It just sucks that the stamina system works the way it does because it really inhibits your ability to get any work done during a day. It, it greatly limits it. It makes it so that you're, you're done before the day even feels like it began. If you, if you do want to focus on work and even exploring the fact that the stamina system and the, the, the sprinting system works off of stamina and it doesn't replenish in any way on its own. That's, that's all it needs. Even it just, it's a freaking casual, seemingly for kids type of cozy game. Why, why are you making the stamina system so brutal? It's crazy. It's crazy. If they just changed that, I would really, really like the game. But that does hurt it more than you might expect. At least for me, it really made it so that after I played it for a few hours, 
I didn't really want to keep Elaine because I just felt like I had to just wait. It, it felt like the day was wasted because I would do my work and then do I really want to explore or do I just want to go to sleep? I probably just go to sleep and start the new day and then just do it and just felt like I was wasting time or, or not utilizing the time because of how the Samus system worked. But that is Paleo Pines. Next up is Wild Mender, which is a survival game where you are thrown into this desert world and you're tasked with bringing it back to life. You start off in this little oasis and then explore the world from there. Learning about the mysteries, these various orbs and shards, pink lights in the distance, uh, finding spirits, talking to, to, to spirits to unlock points you use to upgrade your character and their abilities and whatnot. And it's it's all right. In terms of survival, and so it's a survival game in the sense uh, of stuff like is it Age of Conan and Ark and all those where you have to worry about hunger, thirst health and there's a heavy reliance on crafting and building a type of home base and stuff of that nature I think there's online play but I haven't I haven't dabbled with that but it's a much more not not accessible I mean it is accessible but it's a, it's a much more forgiving survival game which is probably which is in line with its more cartoony aesthetic. What I don't like about it, and there's also a heavy influence from Legend of Zelda, the, 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 the recent Zelda games, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, which I say simply because you're able to climb anything, and I think we've all decided that if you're able to climb freely anything, then you're, you're clearly inspired by those games, true or not. The climbing is way more forgiving than in Zelda in that it doesn't work off of a stamina system and it doesn't even seem like your thirst or hunger or anything depletes faster when climbing. So. You can climb whatever you want, as much as you want, and there's no penalty to it. Unless I'm missing something. But like with any survival game, you have a lot of customization in the difficulty, so you can adjust how much health you have, how much health you lose from fall damage, how much thirst affects you, hunger affects you, how much you have to worry about this, how much heat affects you when journeying, how much water you need uh, or, or how much it, it utilizes when you drink it or food or stuff of that nature what what does enemy damage do so on and so forth so that's nice and the, the default options are pretty forgiving but given that the game is already pretty damn forgiving i would recommend adjusting all those options to make it as easy as possible so that 
you are as free from worry and stuff of that nature to just explore the world because that's that is where the enjoyment comes from there is some fun in crafting your little oasis and expanding it and and seeing the world in general come back to life but especially your little oasis your little home base seeing the sand turn to mud and plants grow and see it go from this really bland beige and brown to a, um, a bit more of a green area but the world itself feels pretty barren and empty and not that interesting to discover at least in the three or four hours I put into it I didn't find anything particularly exciting. I came across an animal or two very seldomly. I wish there was I wish there was more wildlife or something in the world that made exploring it more interesting. I wish whether it were not artifacts but points of interest shrine type things they're just even when I find old abandoned buildings it's like okay alright and the world that I've explored so far doesn't have a lot of variety in terms of the biome so it, it very much feels like it's just one giant desert that you're gradually maybe bringing back to life by completing tasks and objectives and stuff of that nature and you come across spirits who you can use your essence to not really do anything substantial with them outside of just getting points for upgrading and there's occasional combat sections which can bog down the performance a little bit not to the point where it's unplayable but I found during my time with it that no matter how far I ventured away no matter what I was doing, whatever I discovered, there was never a strong degree of satisfaction from any of it. It's a pleasant enough game, in large part because of the fact that it is very forgiving from a survival game standpoint, which is... I want to say it's a, a selling point, but it would more so be the visuals and that stuff that would potentially be a draw because I think with any survival game, because it's inherent in all of them to have a lot of customization in terms of how you set up your server or your area or your whatever. If you want to make it very forgiving in terms of how the survival aspects impact you, thirst, hunger, etc how, however many they have or, or don't have with them so that you can make something like arc super accessible and super forgiving or any of the other games of that nature so while its default is more forgiving than other games in the genre i'm pretty sure with all of them because it's just part of the way they work you can make any of them 
as forgiving as Wild Mender. So it comes down to is the sense of discovery exciting? No, not really, sadly. And there could be something eventually. I may just not have hit that point. I may, I may be just there. I might be right there where stuff starts to open up and becomes more grabbing. But nothing has grabbed me yet. Then the last two. Before I wrap this up with a little, a few quickies. Betomis, whatever it is, B-E-T-O-M-I-S, is a single-screen 2D platformer. It's very simple of just go grab the key, and then the door unlocks, and then get your way to the door. You'll have obstacles in your way in the form of spikes or enemies. In some cases, you need to grab a shield and axe in the world that allows you to attack enemies, like these giant Venus flytrap type of plants where you have to go up them, get up, get up nice and close to them to go them into attacking you and then they'll kind of just chill out for a little bit and allow you to attack them twice because they take two attacks to kill them. So if you don't do that first, they'll kill you before you can get the second attack in. But it's, it's very simple. Feels fine, double jump, pretty basic. Nothing too exciting or to anything fancy to write home about. The one annoying thing I noticed was that if, because your character, their default standing position, they have one of their arms a little positioned backward. And if you are standing next to a pair of spikes, and then, or if you're facing a pair of spikes, and then you turn in the other direction. When they turn around, their arm that's a little bit extended back will hit the spikes and die. And they'll, they'll die from that, which I thought was a bit odd and annoying. And I didn't like it, but it's fine. It's whatever. It's one of those very simple knock it out in an hour get yourself 2,000 achievement points because it has 2,000 for whatever reason. I don't know how achievement points work anymore. How a game like this can have 2,000. I don't understand. I thought games, your base game could only have 1,000. But that's not how it works. Speaking of achievements, I didn't feel like mentioning it because it happened the day, it happened Friday, and those of y'all in the Discord, no, it just didn't feel super like a mood to be celebrating anything. Still doesn't. Recording this podcast, not not super easy for me. Feel feeling good about anything is not whatever I'm me uh, but Jedi and Living Large might remember as well but Jedi 100% will remember but that uh, J 
Gems of War achievement I've been trying to get for the last year and a half or so. I think it was first introduced in March of 2022, either Feb- between February and April 2022. Been trying to get this stupid ass achievement, this bullshit RNG achievement. Finally happened. And the fact that it happened then, the day after, what a fucking. But it's done. I only have one left, which is another annoying one, but it's not RNG based, so. Please stop adding achievements to your game, Gems of War developer. Because you pissed me off. I will never forgive you for that bullshit achievement. Even though I have it now, I will never forgive you. But better misses, it's whatever, it's fine. What's not fine is Diorama Dungeon Crawl Master of the Living Castle. This is a beat-em-up, I guess, with a lot of small screens, a bit of scrolling to them, but you go through them. There'll be a handful of enemies in each screen, transition to the next screen, and so on and so forth. The visual is very polygonal, very limited color palette, bit of a pastel type of thing in, in having uh, some kind of turquoise and pinkish reds pinks in general greens fine it's I would assume because it has the same visual aesthetic as that game from last episode the one that was Contra that behind the back Contra section type of game but it is a beat em up seemingly where you'll have a handful of enemies in each section. Take them out or don't. You don't have to fight any of them. If you can avoid them, go ahead and just move on to the next area. You're not going to get anything from killing them. You're not leveling up. You're not getting... I think maybe by killing them, you also get the little currency, quote-unquote currency, you use for your special ability. But you're just going from screen to screen to screen. Eventually, they'll have a boss fight. There'll be checkpoints here and there. But the beat them up combat feels terrible enemy attacks are annoying it's just an annoying game in general I, just like the other game I dig the aesthetic but the gameplay is not good it does not feel good it's just it just sucks and it sucks that it sucks because again I like the, uh, the look I like the vibe of it I like the style. I like the diorama setup. Dioramas are cool. I wish there were more games that had a diorama type of thing going on. But it doesn't matter when your gameplay is bad. Come on. Come on. Please. You do a lot of things well. You just don't do the important thing well ever seemingly. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. But you know what also sucks or doesn't suck depending on how you feel? That's it. That's the end of the, the episode. So it's already it's over and done with. So. Again, I'm Marcus Nez, your host. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. Of course, if you'd like to support me in my nonsense, if you enjoy this year's show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can do so over at patreon.com slash PXS. And if you support at the Attack the Backlog tier, which isn't the Attack the Backlog tier, keep saying that, whatever this 
recording the all you can oatmeal tier. You get access to the fancy semantic QA. The other tiers give you some other stuff that you also get with the oatmeal, uh, all you can oatmeal tier. The all you can oatmeal tier gives you all the stuff, all the goodies, including that QA, which again, closest thing to the streaming vibe you're going to find. But in addition to the Patreon, if you'd like links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, and more, you can find all of them over at pxsausage.com. But that is it. That is all that'll do. So as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week. I've got a dentist appointment today. By the time this recording will go live, I'll already be done with it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's Man, my hand was really white when I raised it up there with the fingers crossed. But uh, hopefully, everything is a-okay. I'm going to guess not because that is just my luck and the dentist is the devil. That's why they both begin with D because they both suck. <laughs> I don't know. But again, hope all y'all have a wonderful rest of your day, lovely rest of your week, and a fantastic weekend. And now, adios. Arriva Derchi. Bye.